Entering our second season of Blood Time, we want to thank not only our phenomenal and remarkable individuals that were our guests, but also the support, the incredible support that we have had throughout the community, not only locally, but nationally. What you can absolutely put to bed as guaranteed the second season of Blood Time are more remarkable individuals, more transformative stories, and more Blood Time moments. Please give a listen to the second season for we are all blood. Coach Cimarroni here. Love to all. I want to thank Serve Pro of Beachwood, our newest sponsor, and Jack Coslin, the owner. They serve all of Northeast Ohio, not just Beachwood. They specialize in disaster cleanup that leaves your home or office like new, like it never happened. Flood and water damage, fire, mold, and they say even blood and guts. Not just any Serve Pro. Seek out Serve Pro of Beachwood. That's Serve Pro Beachwood, Shaker Heights, Cleveland Heights.com, 216-464-4498. Operated by a former All-State wrestler from Beachwood, we love Serve Pro of Beachwood. Hey, Coach Cimarroni here at Blood Time. We're in our second season. I just love being in our second season. It's so cool. And I got my producer extraordinary, Maverick Peters, who's just the best that there is. How you doing, Mav? What's up, Coach? Hey, man. Great to see you. And here I've got not only a wrestling coach, not only a wrestler, but an author. I love the combination of intellect and passion. <laughs> Keith Manos. Welcome, Keith. How you doing, man? I'm enjoying the day. Thanks, Peter. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I got you all masked up, and I love that. You can, everybody can hear me okay, I hope. Oh, yeah. We can hear you. You sound great. Thanks. You sound great. And you look kind of tough. <laughs> I love that. I should I have worn it. my black sunglasses, too. Exactly. Here, you want my glasses? <laughs> Anyhow, but... Uh, Keith, you uh, you coached a storied program for many years with uh, a, a program that was small, this incredibly tight community with amazing amount of families, with amazing amount of multiple state champions out of amazing amount of brothers. It was the craziest thing, if you ever think about it, really, maybe in our history of sport in the state of Ohio, so many brothers were multiple state champs from so many families. Talk a little bit about that mentality. Richmond Heights, the Spartans. Well, when I came to Richmond Heights, I took over for Michael Porras. Another legend. A legend. Yes, yeah, right. One of the greatest coaches in Ohio. He, of course, is in the National Wrestling Coaches Hall of Fame, the Ohio chapter. Just a legendary coach. And so I was a young guy coming into Richmond Heights. Sure. A little bit you know, nervous about that, taking sure. over for a legend. Sure. And wondering, would I be accepted or not? Now, Mike was still in the school. He was still a guidance counselor okay. and athletic director. Sure. And and we would talk every day. He'd wander down the hallway to my classroom. Love it. He would knock <laughs> on the yeah. door yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, he waved to me and I would walk out and you know, he's always something he wanted to talk about. Not always wrestling, but um but frequently it was wrestling. Sure. Uh and he was just a great mentor for me when I came to Richmond Heights. But as I said, I was a little bit nervous and I thought, oh my goodness, all these brothers. Now, I still had uh, mm-hmm. Danny Hansen was the last Hansen brother, and Matt four time state champ, four timer. Yep. Uh, and uh, Matt McClellan was the last McClellan brother. Okay. Uh, and that that was basically it for the brothers. But um, I thought, well, uh, is this is this 
community going to accept me, this young guy coming in? At least right. then I was a young guy. Right. Not so much now, of course. That's all right. We all resemble that remark. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Maverick. <laughs> God bless you. So, but they did. I was yeah. just so pleased that um, that the people, the families, the moms and dads were very welcoming to me. Sure. Um, in fact, one of the first moms I met was Judy McClellan. Okay. Who you might remember. Sure. Uh, and she was just really excited that I was going to be coaching her son, uh, Matt. Okay. And I'll never forget, speaking of family, and Richmond Heights really was a family oh type affair. Yeah. Where yeah. everybody knew everybody else, and, you know, like after a competition, one family would have all the other families over, yeah. and yeah. the kids, et cetera, and they would invite the coaches, uh, and it was just uh, very heartwarming. Sure. Um so I'll never forget talking to Mr. and Mrs. Podikoff. Okay. Now, I think in that family, there's eight state champions. No question about it. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie with three. Yeah. Should have been four, but what do you Well, I'll, right? I'll pick up. That's, yeah. my, that's the good segue because yeah. so we're in the, we're, it's after, they had come to a competition just to see, you know, the new coach and the yeah, team, yeah, yeah. et cetera, because their kids had all graduated. Bobby right. had graduated in 84, no, okay. 85, 85. Okay. And uh, a three-timer. Yep. And, uh. So we're talking in the lobby, and I said, "Hey, I just have to say, golly, what a great family you have! You know, yeah, you know, all the state champions. Your your sons. That is really, you must really, really be proud." Yes. And Mrs. Portacar turns to me and she says, "We didn't like Eddie losing all that weight." Oh my God, that's so funny. It, you know, I'm thinking, wait a minute, you have the yes. most outstanding family. Yes. But what they really remembered was him losing was that Eddie having to lose weight. And, well, yeah, that growth spurt that was insane. Yeah, yeah absolutely. He, he went from 19, 119 to one sixty seven. Yes, uh, won the state title at one sixty seven the senior year. Yep. Then was an All American for yes, Ohio he was. State at one ninety. Uh, uh, took third. Mm-hmm. Lost to Bannock. Yes. In seven, well, uh, but uh, that was really really interesting to me. Sure. Uh, when I when I arrived, but um, well, you had the Hansons, you had the Richards, you had the Podicars, you had the Atkins, you uh-huh. had the Susix, you had the Lauschens, you had the McClellans. I mean, and I had Herbie Atkins, the last Atkins uh, member. Holy cow! Yeah, I mean, what a what a amazing riches that you had, and you were our biggest rival at Beachwood. Yeah. We never beat you. Finally, I beat you guys. Yeah, you did. but we had no. Brothers, <laughs> we always had to pick them out. The family we figured out because, you know, we just didn't have big families at Beachwood, and it was just an interesting dynamic that that levels of excellence came completely different ways. And and Mike, to be sure, um, acknowledged that he was yeah. so uh, he was so grateful for the for the families and the family support that he received while he was there. Everybody loved Mike. Oh yeah. Just love I love him. Mike. Yeah, I, I mean, opponent I love coaches Mike. loved yeah. him, kids yeah. loved him, parents loved him, and uh, I don't know if they all loved me like that, but I know they loved him. Um, well, it's interesting, Keith, because I, I had Alan Krause in here in our first season, and Alan Krause was a great Beechwood wrestler, but not not elite, but he was a great Beechwood wrestler, and but he was a kind of a cocky, and he he tells tells the story about. The, the what happened to him against uh, the Richmond Heights team, and there was a guy by the name of Bill Wokley who came out. He was oh, not yeah. a wrestler, but he was a football player, great athlete. But he came out one year, and Allen was beating him pretty bad, and he kind of was cocky about it. Was you know smiling to the crowd when he was pinning him and this and that, and Mike wouldn't shake his hand, and Allen realized at that point 
that he did something wrong. That's how much he respected Mike. He says, I didn't want to, I didn't want Mike's disappointment. And he said, you know what? I really reflected after that. Good for him. Isn't that something that yeah. that lesson can be taught without even being your coach by being that kind of coach, that kind of respected coach. And that's, I think, what blood time's all about, that that affected him in a blood time way. He was transformed that moment by Mike Papours. Pretty cool. Yes, it is. Thank you for sharing that story. Yes. And so tell me, I'm going to segue into this. Tell me about what was your blood time moment that somebody put their arm around you or kept you in a bud or did both that said to you, Keith, you could do something, maybe, maybe something better than you could ever think that you could do. Well, I have to go back for this because um, I'm going to do a little reminiscing here. Okay. See, I got into wrestling because of my brother. My older brother wrestled at Bay High School. Sure. And I just wanted to be like my older brother. I just admired him and still admire him so much. He's a doctor at the Cleveland Clinic now. Nice. Uh, in, uh, psychology. He's awesome. a, got a degree in psychology. Okay. Um, and I just, the, the sport just excited me just so much. I just, because sure. I was a little guy. Yeah. And I thought, you know, here's something that I can do. I mean, right. I, I'll be competing against other little guys. Right. And, uh, when I was in eighth grade, I um, th th our, there was no middle school wrestling, no junior high wrestling back in those days. Right. If there was, it was very very few schools had. Yeah, it was hodgepodge or CYL basically. Correct. Yeah. So I would leave my middle school in the winter, and I would walk to the high school, so I could. Now my brother, my brother had graduated by then. Okay. But uh, I would walk and I would practice with the ninth grade team. Okay. Just, just because I just wanted to be involved in the sport, and they let me do well, it. You're allowed to do that. Yes, yeah. in the day, back in the day. Yep. Um, unlike today, where there's all the club wrestling going yeah, on. Yeah, I know. Uh, we had uh, Mike Kalzicki in here earlier, and uh, we talked about that. What's the uh, What's the future of our sport as a high school sport? It's an interesting dynamic. Well, I can address that a little bit later, but uh, if you if you're interested, because I have sure uh, it is it is it is an interesting uh, new dynamic in the sport of wrestling. Right. So, and I would practice and practice those guys. And even though they would all beat me up, because yeah. I was a little guy, and, and everyone on the freshman team at Bay High School could beat me up. And just, But I still, still liked it so much. Yep. Um, and the coaches mm -hmm. at the time were, were also kind of well. They said, yeah, they thought it was great that this eighth grade kid was taking the initiative to come up and practice with us. Uh, and I would travel with the freshman team to their competitions. They wouldn't let me wrestle, even though I kept asking because it was, you know, it was illegal. Yep. Um, and then, uh, uh, and I, and then my freshman year, of course, I was on the the freshman team. Okay. And one of the neatest things that happened to me that freshman year was when the varsity coach, mm -hmm. a guy named Mike Hansinger, who only was a varsity coach for two years. Okay. He. He. Yelled out my name at practice one day. He said, okay. Manus, get over here. Okay. And wanted me to come and practice with the varsity team. I love it. I was like, oh, goodness. <laughs> this is amazing. That's right. And I and I'd wrestle because somebody was sick. Yeah. And they needed another body. You yeah, know, yeah. Somebody did, was not at practice. Of course, I got all beat up, but I didn't care. I, I thought, know. this is just so awesome. I'm wrestling with the high school boys. I'm wrestling with the varsity team. That's fantastic. Um, so then the next year, my sophomore year, Joe Scaletta. Sure. Came to Fantastic. Bay, Bay, yes. Big mentor for uh, Mike Deanna and some oh, others. Oh, goodness. Uh, yeah, he's a Just, great guy. Yes, definitely. Yeah. He came to Bay and became, was the head coach. 
and uh, it was just, uh, and he was like first class all the way. Yes. And you know, we we did we our team did a good job. You know, we won a state title in '72. Yes, we did. Of course, Mark two, Totten was there. Wasn't two guys, it? Jeff Shannon and Mark Totten, Mark both Totten won titles. Mark was a stud heavyweight. Man. Oh yeah, yeah, he was absolutely. Um, so uh, it just, and it wasn't like Joe like put his arm around me and said, you know, you can do this, you can do this. It, it just was. Uh, I just, he just still had the enthusiasm and the the drive for the sport that that I thought was just really cool. So he instilled this feeling yeah, it was a of good confidence and yeah. way, way of behaving yeah. and way of literally doing what you're doing. Yeah. And so that's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, when you have a leader that just has that platform. And Joe and I are still in contact today. Um, he also had a bout with cancer. I know. I and, heard. And, yeah. uh, but he is, he is a... He's a, doing okay? Yeah. He's a strong survivor. and. Yeah. Uh, and we'll give him my best when you talk to him. And I Joe, will. if you're listening to this, we wish you the well. But he was just a great model of, of a that I had not exi- ever seen before of a coach. Sure. Um, I, I thought, you know, if, if I, and even then I thought to myself, one day I'm going to be a coach. I love that. Way, you know, back when I, even, I knew as a junior, I was going to be an English teacher and a wrestling coach sometime in the future. That is fantastic. Um, I just, I just knew that. Um, and of course, with the writing, uh, that came as an offshoot of my being an English teacher because I'm, I'm really into reading and writing. Sure. Um, and so uh, time passes, and I do become eventually a head coach. I started my coaching career in Sylvania, Sylvania okay. Southview High School. Okay. And then I went to, after two years there, and I was a, a very was not a good coach at all. Okay. But I learned how to coach. Right. Uh, you know, on my own at that point. Of course. And then I went to Norwalk High School. Okay. And I was an assistant for a couple of years under a guy named Denny Corrigan. Sure. He has since passed, but yes, he, he was another great mentor for me. I had left Sylvania with some really bad feelings about my skill as a coach. Okay. Like... As one example, I had to kick off the team, the son of the president of the Boosters. Oh, boy. And he went right away to the AD and said, you got to get rid of this guy. Gotcha. Yeah, and of course. A, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got rid of you. Yeah, exactly. So you can see the writing on the wall there. Yes. So well, let's, let's, let's hold on for a second because okay. I want to get into this. But we got to take a commercial break. And we'll Make be sense. back in a few minutes. It's Coach Cimarroni with Coach Manos. We'll be back in a few minutes. Thanks. Defense Soap at DefenseSoap.com. In the midst of our current health crisis, we at Blood Time want to thank Guy and Gus Seiko and the team at Defense Soap as a beacon of our protection. Body wipes, skin cleansers, bars of soap, shower gels, and disinfectant tablets. All this and more as Defense Soap is on the front line of our protection. Thanks to the Seiko family and their team at Defense Soap. Check them out for all your protection needs during these precarious times. Defense Soap at DefenseSoap.com And we're back. It's Coach Cimarroni with Keith Manos and talking about the uh, Norwalk experience that rehabilitated you basically as a coach, gave you more confidence, and then led you to uh, Richmond Heights as the head coach, taking over for the legendary uh, Mike Paporis. So tell me how that 
uh, sure. Norwalk experience revitalized so, you, so I come to Nor- you. I come to Norwalk and I'm under Denny Corrigan, another legendary coach. Right. He is in the Ohio High School uh, Wrestling Coaches Association Hall of Fame. Yes, he is. And uh, what he really taught me was um, how to be a mat coach, how to coach during a match where yelling things like, come on, or you got to get away or move, you know, are right. not like, that, that's not coaching. That's just yelling. Yes. So I, I really learned a lot about just mat coaching, match coaching from Denny. Right. And uh, he was also, um, had a lot of like insight knowledge about uh, preparing kids in practice and all. Now, this comes at a time, uh, and then eventually I took over for him. He retired altogether, mm-hmm. and I, I took over the program, and I was there for five years. And then I came to Richmond Heights. Sure. Now, you know I'm Greek. Yes. Mike is Greek. Greek, no we met at a Greek. It. We met at a Greek restaurant, uh, uh, I think in Lakewood or in, in Cleveland somewhere. Sure. Uh, I drove in, and uh, he said, hey, I'm thinking about retiring from wrestling. Okay. Would you like to come over? Would you like to come and take over the program? Yes. We have an English teacher who is leaving. You're an English teacher. You could you could come in as an English teacher and head coach. I was like, well, you know, I was doing well at Norwalk. Sure, sure. I was comfortable. Yeah, yeah. I said, in Daxi be happy. You know, I said, uh, I said, okay, Mike, I'll come in. That's right. And I did. And what what sold for me was, <laughs> I'm at the interview, and the interview ends. At, I think it went very very well. Yeah. And the the principal says, Keith, would you like to see our salary schedule? I went, well, uh, okay. Sure. She shows it to me, and I was like, oh my goodness, I'll make six thousand more dollars a year than I did at Norwalk. I you said, love oh, that. I said, oh, I really want this job now. <laughs> I really want this job. I love that. <laughs> so, That's and they offered me the job, and and I found out that I was one of like twenty three candidates wow. who had applied for that, and. Uh, I'm sure it was a it was a very oh, you know golly. very coveted role. Oh, no question. I just it. was like honored, and then of course you know the rest. As I said at sure. the very beginning, I came there, and uh, um, uh, it, it was just a, a great experience for me. I call it back in the day because we both know Richmond doesn't even have wrestling anymore. No, they, very sad. They dropped very it in 2007, sad. and but you know, it's, so. you, but you can't take away the legacy, the the, the history. It's fantastic, and. I have two uh, dual meets that stick in my mind. One is the assistant coach and one is the head coach. And the assistant coach was in 1979 when you both, both Richmond Heights and Beecher had a phenomenal team. And literally, you could not have a seat. People were standing in the doorways to watch this dual meet. Oh, and, love to hear those kind of stories. Oh, man. And uh, we ended up losing by like maybe a point or two. And um, it was always, always tight. I mean, the 79 team at Beachwood, I took fourth in the state. You guys were, we were state, state champs. champs you Mike know. told me that team, and that was now St. Edwards. Yes. Day. Was that the, yes. The, 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 the sure. Yep. And Mike said that team probably could have beaten St. Edwards. There's no question because we were, we were in St. Ed's room drilling with them and, and scrimmaging with them that year and in 80 because we had another team that took fourth in the state. I think we took fifth in the state that year uh, in double A. Uh, at the time, and so we were that good too. And, and uh, but you guys had it all up the oh, whole lineup. Yeah, you had the heavyweights. We never had really good heavyweights at the time. Our best heavyweight was uh, Butch Lapsley at fifty-five. And then the second one was when we had we had never beat you guys. We were o twenty-five and one, I think, oh, or o twenty-six or something like. That. And we we beat you on a McDonald's arch. My kid who was terrible. I taught him how to defensive pin somebody, and he McDonald's arch one of your guys, and we won the we won the match. And we had all the alumni there. It was insane. 
it was one of the greatest moments of Beatrix history, you know, in, in wrestling, even though we both weren't very good <laughs> as a team, you know, we were, we were good, we were good, but we were great, you know, like, like it was back in the day. Uh, and so I am so happy that Richmond Heights is in my history. So thank you, Keith. For, oh, you're welcome. For doing that uh, and, and keeping the, the legacy alive. You know, it was, it was tough because it was transitioned socioeconomically, demographically at Richmond Heights and now Richmond Heights. I don't even know how much longer they could be a high school. Well, they built a new high school. Oh, they did? They built a new high school. It's going to be finished, I think, in 2021. Okay. And um, the classes are still a lot smaller. Yeah. Like, like, like 40 to 50 kids in a class. Gee whiz. 50, yeah, yeah. about that. Yeah. And um, But they did build a new, brand new high school. It's un- unbelievable. And uh, they're tearing down the old one, which, wow. is, uh, which is kind of like an interesting story because all the trophies, yeah. they were going to throw them away. What? So we stepped forward. Once we learned about it, a group of us stepped forward and said, no. You can't. We, we'll, we'll, you know, don't do that. And then uh, we were working on, uh, we have a plan for them, but then COVID hit. Right. And we have not done anything since. But, oh, my but gosh. That you was, can't have that happen. Because all they were going to do was uh, uh, bulldoze the whole, that whole, the whole section where the gym is. Gee whiz. And the wrestling room is all, uh, all demolished now. That is just insane. So what happened with the, the trophies? Well, my understanding is they're in storage somewhere in boxes, but who knows? Yes, who knows for sure. Wow, that is just insane. I've never heard of anything like that. That's horrible. Well, we did what it is. Yeah, I know, but it's not. It's that's a terrible thing. That's a terrible thing. So, Blood Time doesn't like that. I don't <laughs> like that. And anybody out there that is in charge of the Richmond Heights uh, school system, don't ever do this. Or you're going to have a problem with blood time, Coach Cimarroni. Okay? He's a tough guy. I'm not. I'm not liking that. And I'm going to. No, you can't do that for all my former uh, nemesis at uh, Richmond Heights. But having said all that, it's 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 a it's a sad state of affairs when when you have that type of type of situation. But our sport rises above that because it's not about trophies. It's about the experience. It's about what you learn. Relationships. Relationships. And you wrote about that in this wonderful book, The Elite Wrestler. You, you wrote about no, numerous relationships that make up a great wrestler. Tell us a little bit about the impetus for writing the book and some of the lessons learned in the book. Well, Elite Wrestler emerged from my perception, and some people might disagree, but that wrestling is becoming somewhat of a specialized sport. Okay. Uh, by that I mean that the current athletes um, in wrestling are there because they, you know, this is their focus. This is what, they, they might do other sports. Mm-hmm. That, that is still out there. You know, right. we do have multiple sport athletes, but the the real special ones, the, the great wrestlers, the elite wrestlers are those who look upon wrestling as, you know, this is my sport. And to be sure, a lot of sports have, have now have special athletes who specialize. Sure. I mean, you were mentioning your football experiences before. Yes. Back in the day, football started in August and ended at like near the end of October right. or early November. Yeah. Now, football is ongoing with camps and conditioning and lifting and, and, uh, yeah, uh, and, and seven on seven and et cetera. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just... 
it's same just, thing with soccer, same thing with exactly. basketball, same thing with tennis, same thing with hockey. Baseball yeah. is now indoor, indoor at least for yeah. the younger ages. Sure. So I thought about that. And I go, okay, now what what would make up a top competitor in our sport? I I identified fourteen traits okay. of what a wrestler needs to have if he really or she wants to be dominant in, at, at his or her weight class. And that's what started that. And I okay. thought, okay, this is, this is what am I describing? I'm describing the elite wrestler. Those are what the characteristics are. And of course, again, another uh, reach back in with our previous conversation. I thought about those Richmond Heights wrestlers. I thought about all those, like you know, those NCAA wrestlers. I thought, okay, what do they all have in common? What do they, kind of they, they share? And those traits are in that book. So those traits are in this book, but you mentioned that that the specialization. I think we lose things by not playing other sports. Oh, I agree. And we don't, or, or other activities like cards, like chess, like check, you know, backgammon, anything that has to do with strategy or creativity on how to win. You know, when you take a guy like Gretzky, the goat, he learned because he wasn't the fastest, strongest, most athletic hockey player of his generation, but he was the greatest. The reason was he played behind the net. He learned how to use the game to his best ability, but he learned that from baseball, he said, because he played other sports, and he learned the creativity of where was the best uh, fielder, why were they the best fielder, and so when you get that creativity, you bring it into to our sport, wrestling. So I encourage my athletes to play at least one other sport. And wrestling is the most creative sport out there. Right. Because it is, a, it is the sport that is the most unpredictable. Yes. No one can determine exactly what's going to happen in, in any match, how either competitor is going to move, whereas in football and basketball, they have, and baseball, plays are structured. There's a... There isn't that in wrestling. It's the most creative sport there is. And not only that, but this and maybe boxing and maybe a, a few other martial arts are the only sport that could end without a time frame. It could end literally in the first four seconds of the match. Yeah. Or end at 5.59. Correct. Okay? With the pin. And so with that, there is a specific mentality that you need to bring to our sport to understand that. And that's kind of in the book, too. I love that. I love that. And so when you look at that, give us a give us some of the attributes that you found that are in the elite 14. Well, you know, I'll, I'll, let me let me just say this. When I, I would teach at a wrestling camp in the summer, a wrestling clinic, mm -hmm. before I would actually start teaching uh, technique, yeah. I would ask the, the wrestlers who were attending in front of me, I would say, hey, let's brainstorm here. Tell me some characteristics of a great wrestler. Sure. And they would say things like, you know, perseverance, determination, mental toughness, work hard. Tenacity. And maybe what, after years and years of doing that, maybe once or twice, one kid might say talent. Gotcha. I said, so after they get done with the brainstorming, just, you know, it would take about a minute or two. Mm -hmm. I'd say, look, you hear all what you've said? Nobody said talent. All those characteristics? You all can have them. Right. You can all adopt those characteristics, like perseverance, right. like determination, uh, focus. There's two things there about like uh, uh, physical. You know that that anyone can make themselves uh, stronger. Sure. Uh, 
better so, shape. Uh, so those are some of the uh, characteristics, characteristics that, are in, that are in the book. I don't want to give away too much. I want people to get out there and check it out. Bye. Of course. But, you know, I, but I hear what you're saying. But also, too, I teach to any team I coach the global approach. It's about what you put in your body. It's how you rest your body. It's how you spiritually go through life. It's what you do intellectually. It's also what you do as, an, as a student of the game. So it's not just the physicality of it. It's just Correct. not a strategy. It's all that brings you to that room. And then what you leave once you leave that room. So I think that's probably what you've addressed as well. It is, yes. In, I mean, in the book. Well, that's great. So, so Keith, what are we doing with this book? And where can we get it? And how can we reach you to get this book? Well, there's two ways to get the book. You can get it on Amazon, of course. Nice. Uh, also, at maybe a little more convenient uh, to go to CoachesChoice.com. Right. CoachesChoice.com. www.CoachesChoice.com. Okay. Uh, I am their only wrestling author okay. uh, as, as, as of right now. So um, that's probably the best place to get it, and uh, they'll take care of anyone. And uh, uh, you can go to my website, okay. uh, keithmanis.com, uh, and also see the book there. Um, and uh, most people know how to get a hold of me. Sure, absolutely. Well, when, when, when this episode comes out, we will definitely – Promote you on our, oh, thanks. On our, absolutely, that's what, what we're here to do. I have to say, I got this is a really cool. Um, I'm gonna do some name dropping. Please do. This is really cool. So, Jordan Burroughs. Nice. So I started to market my book. I started to send it out there. Um, He's not too shabby. Uh, Facebook. Yeah. Uh, and, and like LinkedIn. Right. Jordan Burroughs contacts me on LinkedIn. I was like, oh, yeah. goodness, Jordan yeah. Burroughs. Right, right. Uh, And he says, hey, I'm, I'm interested in your book. I'm looking forward to reading it. And I'm paraphrasing. Sure. And I, I want to thank you for all that you're doing for wrestling. And I, I was like, oh, God. And I, so my, thank goodness my wife was there. Because I was going to say, oh, Jordan Burroughs, you know, you're the greatest yeah, in the yeah. world. Yeah. She says, no, Keith, keep it simple. Yes. Just thank him. Don't be and a fanboy. And, 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 <laughs> and say you look forward to him getting, you know, responding to your book. So that's what I did. Nice. Uh, my first book, which was Wrestling Coach's Survival Guide, okay. John Smith at Oklahoma State sure. uses it or used it uh, in his wrestling class at Oklahoma State because he called me and asked permission to use it. Nice. Of course, I said, well, you got to compensate me, John. Yeah, exactly yeah, right, Johnny boy. Come on. <laughs> Give me some of those Okie dollars. <laughs> and, and, he did, and he did, uh, oh, you know, per student who, who got the book. But when I, he called, I, I, sh I wish I had saved recorded the conversation on my cell phone, but right. he called me on the phone, and I'm like, oh, oh I'm talking to God here. Exactly this right. This was just so fast. You know, I was like, he's got that, you know, that, that oh, okey twang, okay twang, you know, yeah, like, that's a yeah, key. That's low key, he goes, yeah. hey, yeah, I just think this book of yours is so good. And I, I was I like, that. oh, goodness. And then, so I said, John, definitely, thank you so much. Um, yeah. So that's so. Hey, listen, you got that in both your back pockets. You got Johnny <laughs> Smith and you got Jordy Burroughs. But, but, baby. I, have, I, love but it. I have not talked to John Smith since then. But um, well, that's uh, okay. That's yeah. what you did. You did. <laughs> yeah. So that's no question about it. Well, Keith, this is fantastic. We love that you're doing this for our sport. We you're love welcome. that you're doing this uh, for the athletes that will, uh, you know, benefit from this. And also maybe the coaches, too. Oh, definitely. This I is for coaches, for parents, for ADs, for wrestlers. 
and um, as we said, the global, right? Yes, it's and the I global have, world. And I have two more books will be coming out from Coach's Choice uh, that can also help those same groups. Those should be coming out uh, before the. And that's end not of, anybody knocking at the door. He's uh, knocking on wood. Yeah, right? <laughs> before the end of uh, 2020. But uh, you know, we'll great. see. Well, 2020 has been a very Great. challenging year. Yes. But we are here doing it. Yes. And Keith, I really want to let you know that symbiotically we matriculated together yes. through the sporting ranks and through the coaching ranks. And I, I really uh, appreciate what you did. Oh, thanks. At uh, our big rival, Richmond Heights, the Spartans. And you know what? And Pete? Yes. I'm not student or even rivals anymore. Well, of course not. What's the rivalry? There's nothing to be rivals. You know, you know, it's sad. It it's is sad. Yeah, it it's, is. It's well, it's kind of like there's no rivalry now for the Browns of Pittsburgh because the Browns suck. So you know what I mean. So you have to have a rivalry if you got some good stuff going on. For well, sides, but even right? so, even I mean, after I had left, retired from Richmond Heights. Yeah. Several years later, I I don't I don't know how it happened, but I ended up talking to some athletes. And I said, "Hey, are you guys excited for the Beachwood game?" Yeah. And they're like, "Huh." Yeah, what? What? So, yeah. Aren't you guys rivals of Beachwood? Right. We are? Yep. yep. No, it was uh, very disappointing to me. Well, to Richmond Heights holds a special place in my heart because we beat Richmond Heights for the first ESC win in the history of Beachwood football, and I was on that team. So, and I remember we, we, we put dents in the top of the bus with our helmets. It was <laughs> unbelievable. They had to redo the entire top oh, of the bus. So fun back in the day. Oh, stories. back in the day, back in the day. But, uh, well, you know, I, would, I could talk. For hours with you about this and our, our mutual uh, coaching experience, but more importantly, our alma mater as coaches that we finished at. And uh, and I want you to leave us with a maybe a thought or a gem or a nugget uh, that you'd like to leave the audience with. You know, wrestling is such a special sport, and it has always been the sport for everybody. And I encourage that's that's got to be our selling point that this sport is for you know. All genders, all sizes, all ages, and uh, I just hope that uh, a lot more people take that to heart. Absolutely. We are the ubiquitous sport. I love that for everybody. Keith Manos, former head coach of Richmond Heights Spartans, author of The Elite Wrestler. God bless you, man. Thank Thanks. you so much for coming in. We are blood. This is Coach Cimarroni. Love to all. I want to share my thought of the day with you. Question all authority, especially your own. Men, are you looking for that great suit or sports outfit made out of the finest fabrics and made to measure tailoring? J&A Custom Clothing Tailoring and Alteration will come to your home or office and give you that fashion statement that you will be known for. Call J&A Custom Clothing and the owner, Joseph Alberstadt at 216 216- 513-6165. That's JNA Custom Clothing, 216-513-6165. This is Dominic Abinator. You've just heard another episode of the Blood Time Podcast. Check out more at maverickpodcasting.com.